Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Star Wars Lads. Uh, this week, uh, I'm joined by Liam. Unfortunately, Jared was unable to make it for this episode, but since it's not really a big week in Star Wars news, and the biggest news that we probably have was from last week after we put out our episode, this is going to be a bit more of just a breakdown, sort of speculation episode. You know, just the two big fanatics of our group just kind of throwing out ideas and things that we might have heard or seen. And our topic is going to be about the Bad Batch trailer that came out, uh, I believe, last Tuesday or Wednesday, um, on March 30th. So that would have been, yeah, uh, oh, sorry, that would have been, yeah, Tuesday. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an episode trailer, kind of little sequence probably that, covers the first few episodes like we've seen with almost any Marvel or Star Wars show trailer from Disney so far. But, you know, we'll try to do a little bit of a sequence breakdown and then from there do a little bit of speculation and see where that takes us. So uh, let's let's begin with the beginning sequence. Um, for those of you who haven't already seen it, it looks like the Bad Batch and with Echo now fully integrated into the squad are back at Kamino, they're in front of Tarkin, and they're going through the whole course that, you know, Domino Squad and all those other clones had to go through. And they're wrecking these battle droids. They kind of look like the... Um, kind of look like the ones in The Mandalorian. Um, essentially, the sequence is just showing off how they're, you know, destroying all these things. They are, like, in a small sense, their own army. But... Tarkin also makes notes, you know, they're not very controllable, you know, they don't follow orders all too well, if at all. Um, but yeah, do you have any, any thoughts on that initial sequence? Anything that sticks out to you, Liam? Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't really pick up on that. They do look like uh, early models of Dark Troopers. Yeah, like maybe yeah. like a prototype. And then there's that one in Rebels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's interesting because there's a there's a shot where they they almost look like they're shooting from a wrist blaster, kind of like a super battle droid, but they do very much so. Their fa facial uh, their head features definitely look like a a dark trooper from the Mandalorian, and I think as we will talk about later, there may be plenty of Mandalorian connections to this, as are most Star Wars things that come out from now on uh, will have. But yeah, for me, uh, this scene just kind of highlights what we've all come to think of when we think of the Bad Batch. They are very much so. Star Wars is X-Men, and this is them training in, like, the danger room for the X-Men. Um, yeah, but, yes, yeah. we it's kind of a Clone Wars callback. We've seen this before in the Clone Wars with Domino Squad. But it, it is kind of cool seeing Tarkin in it, and that is kind of uh, something that... I didn't think we'd get the Imperial connection so quickly, you know, I I thought eventually we'd, we'd get them towards the end of the show as we transition from Republic to Empire more fully, obviously. Palpatine declares it the Empire at the end of Revenge of the Sith, but how much time does that take? We don't really know. We kind of assume there's a little bit of a time jump between um, the last scene in Revenge of the Sith and, and Vader being born when when Vader and Palpatine are standing on the, the bridge of the Star Destroyer. Uh, or it's a Republic cruiser with no 
red on it anymore. So they yeah, the Venator with like the V wings, which we also see in this trailer around Camino as well. So it is going to fill in that that gap. And Tarkin, obviously, Tarkin is on that ship, so he's going to be playing a big role. It looks like with the the future of the clones and at least the future of the military for the emerging empire. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, like you said, it is kind of like their X-Men room that is where they kind of go through, not necessarily like a reset, but, you know, a, a quick test mark, a benchmark for where they are, performance and all that. And, I mean, it is a great character spotlight. We see Wrecker <laughs> do like a full-out wrestling move and all that. Um, you know, it it is a pretty solid setup for what we already know about the Bad Batch. And I think I think it's pretty fair to say that for most Star Wars fans, I mean, season seven of Clone Wars, something we all dreamed about, right? It wasn't something we ever thought was going to happen, and then for it to happen and then uh, come out was amazing. And I don't think anyone can say anything about Siege of Mandalore other than maybe effusive praise. You could say maybe a few things with pacing or some things you wanted to see, but it told the story well, if not extremely well, and it was such a satisfying tie into the Revenge of the Sith that, I mean, the lads ourselves, we've seen a four and a half hour cut of Revenge of the Sith, including a 2003 Clone Wars attack on Coruscant and kidnapping a Palpatine mixed in with modern day Grievous sounds, upscaled to 4K and all that. I mean, it, it, it really is amazing to think about how you can really fit a story in those slimmest of margins, in the smallest of spaces, right? Like when we see Ahsoka um, talking to uh, Obi-Wan um, after their initial assault on Mandalore. And he's like, well, you know, we can't question Dooku because Anakin killed him. And I mean, and that really lets us say like, oh man, this is literally happening at like the 45 hour mark of uh, 45 minute mark of this movie or things like that. And I mean, in a way you could say the Bad Batch is like really like a Clone Wars season eight. It has its own that has it doesn't have its own unique animation style that's built off of what we've already seen in season seven um they had their own arc of sorts um not exactly the most richest arc uh it wasn't anything like crystal crisis where we you know we get a little bit more obi-wan anakin relationship and you know fallout of having no ahsoka in their lives anymore but you know it was an interesting way to bring back echo um it was nice to see the story change a little bit to also include Echo joining the Bad Batch instead of just getting a military pin like in the unreleased arcs and seeing him in the trailer with a full comma, full helmet, everything, you know. Even though he is, you know, half droid, half basically a full cyborg now, it, it's much nicer seeing him, you know, be the clone trooper that we all saw growing up. Um, so, you know, it would be nice to have seen a little bit more of like each individual per, uh, character in that whole battle sequence, but you know, they're they're probably saving a lot for the show. Uh and I guess moving on to our next sequence, you know, it's basically just Hunter saying, you know, we don't we're we're not so good at following rules. And then we see him out of his armor on a speeder on what I think I've heard is Zygeria, um, uh, where the whole slave arc takes place with Anakin and Ahsoka. Um uh, it looks like there's some shots following that immediately after of them on an axis, uh, maybe taking down 
the remainder of the droids, um, which I think is a really interesting angle. I, I mean, I've, I've talked about this with Liam and Jared a lot, but, you know, as much as we know so much about this period between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, about the rebellion, about just how eventually Stormtroopers took place, how Vader kind of became this reckoning force, a monster that everyone feared and all that. We don't really see what comes immediately after and just how immediately do things change into the Empire. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on those sequences? Yeah, we, we've, we've discussed in the past whether this show will be directly tied with Order 66 and for me, these sequences, especially the sequences with them um, hiding in full uniform and stuff there, I think those will be the opening scene of the episode. And I think, or, yeah, the first episode, I I do think we're going to get a what happened to the Bad Batch type of look with Order 66, almost like a, you know, previously on Clone Wars type of thing, but from the point of view of the Bad Batch, and I think this final battle with the droids will be uh, ultimately where we see them kind of uh, make that switch, and we get to see if the Bad Batch actually had chips in them, or if they didn't, or if Echoes got removed, or if Echoes is messed up, or what, you know, what's going to happen with that, because I think that's kind of the the biggest question when it comes to the clones with the show, because the finale of Clone Wars definitely ends on uh, on that that scene, right? It, there's obviously we flash forward to Vader after, but that's for one shot. You know, the the last episode is very much so focused on Order sixty six, and and we don't get to see the aftermath of that. We really just get to see the impact immediately with Ahsoka and with Rex and with Maul. And we, you know, we have those tragic moments with characters like Jesse when the, the cruiser goes down, but I'd like to see a little bit more of where the clones are mentally with that, because in this sequence, I, I really do have a feeling they'll, uh, they'll end the, the droids right there. I mean, we, we don't know how much of the droids we'll be getting, because obviously there will be remnants of, of droid forces scattered throughout the galaxy as there were remnants of the Empire after the Battle of Endor. They're not just going to be gone, but the difference between the Battle of Endor versus the end of the Clone Wars is Anakin kills all of the Separatist leaders, like all of the people yeah. who were in charge of the Separatists, yeah. <laughs> even Dooku. Uh, so when the Empire is ended just Palpatine and Vader are dead, but there's still plenty of more Imperial officers, plenty of high-ranking people in that government where the Separatists aren't even really a, a full-on government yet, and all of their figureheads are killed. So how stable will they be? Obviously, you can shut down the droids. Uh, Anakin, is, based on Revenge of the Sith, shuts them all down from Mustafar, but you know we don't know where they'll if if other leaders go into hiding and we'll be keeping stuff um or droids hidden and we'll yeah that that i think that's a pretty interesting point like about the droids right like yeah we know the leadership is massacred on mustafar right but I, it's not like we see them like flick a switch and like end the war 
feels like it'd be some sort of a command and like militia as opposed to like one centralized shutdown, right? You've seen that was like the biggest flaw of the droids in, you know, the very first Star Wars film, uh, The Phantom Menace, which is why they had like a whole control ship and everything. Um, but I mean, also building off of that, I mean, I'm curious what, like you said, it's probably like the scenes that we see on an axis with the droids. That's probably the beginning of the show. But in canon, at some point, an axis is like obliterated, not like Death Star obliterated, but it's like floating around in space. Like so much of it is like become like asteroids of itself. Um, I know people were wondering when the Clone Wars season seven was airing last year, like, are they going to change the storyline and have them explode? uh an axis like is is that gonna happen with mace windu and all that instead of him like shutting down that big bomb is it you know is it gonna be stopped i, I mean i'm curious i mean we do we don't see it removed or anything i could see you know maybe like the droids possibly not getting a command or being told to continue fighting and the bad batch are there to kind of clear shop and you know once the once they get locked away in their own little uh, barricade Maybe the Empire at this point is already willing to just destroy planets and say, you know what, this is because the terrorists, these separatists aren't willing to comply with what their own leadership has said. So maybe that bomb that's there is imploded. I don't know. I think I think that'd be a pretty interesting way to, you know, really contrast, you know, the ideals, you know, the the good of the Clone Wars versus like the now grim reality of the Empire with Bad Batch. Right, yeah, that would be really interesting. And just scrubbing through the trailer again, there's there are no no more shots of of uh, separatist droids in the rest of the trailer. And and as you said earlier, we would we would figure this trailer covers first, maybe second and third episodes of the show, but maybe just the first episode, especially because it is going to be a seventy minute premiere. So that yeah, is, that's I mean... going to be a mass premiere. Uh, have we had anything that big in animated show history? I, I don't think <laughs> I don't so, know. right? At least, at least not from Star Wars. Um, definitely, yeah, definitely not from Star Wars too. It's, it's I mean, we have you know, uh, Captain Captain America's whole spinoff with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, right? Live action shows. We've had Mandalorian, right? We haven't had, you know. I guess live action, it's hard to justify, you know, sitting down for like an hour 20 of like high quality layered performances and entertainment. But that's not to say that, you know, Lucasfilm animation is a, no slouch either. It, it's it's really good now, especially season seven. It looks like a triple A studio, like feature film quality. I mean, there were rumors at the at this point last year when. You know, when we heard that season, uh, Mandalore was like the one thing that they had done from scratch, right? It wasn't something that they had worked on before the, the Disney takeover. So, you know, it was their latest technology. It was bringing in people for voiceovers and all that. So there was rumors that, you know, that it could have gotten its own little run as a feature film. Um, and the way it was cut, you know, you could have just overlapped a few scenes here and there into a feature film that you could watch in movie theaters. Obviously, COVID didn't permit that but those rumors did persist for a bit and i mean i wouldn't be surprised if we see it get some sort of limited release at some point i mean i know i'd go just to watch that on the big screen 
Siege of oh, Mandalore yeah. is really uh, some of the best Star Wars content out there. But yeah, no, I mean, totally agree on all your points there. Um, I think now would be a good time. Seventy to... minutes. 70 yeah, the minutes seventy minutes. Is, uh, yeah. That that very much feels like a three episode thing. So do you think we'll get be getting two less episodes than we would be, and just one massive premiere? Because studios of Streaming yeah. services have done that before, where they've dropped two or three episodes at a time on the first week. I mean, Disney Plus did it for WandaVision. I know Amazon just did it for Invincible. But WandaVision, um, after its two-episode drop, it just picked up to its regular one episode per week, right? Like, there wasn't, like, a right. two-week wait. Right, so... Right. I mean, I know so far this year, it seems like Disney is... Obviously, this is, like, the year... It's been the year of, uh, you know, Disney Plus and, you know, making all their original content really pop off as opposed to just being like the Mandalorian streaming platform. Um, and they've had great success. But, you know, it seems like having both Marvel and Star Wars at some point and all the things announced, it's going to be impossible to not have overlap. So I guess until, until you know, uh, maybe let's say August or September when feature films are back in theaters fully, you know, Black Widow and all those things are out. Maybe they're trying to avoid overlap. I mean, we just got a Loki trailer today, um, and it is, I believe, June 11th. So maybe they do, like, three episodes worth in the premiere and then two episodes per week. Um, I, I don't know if they'd want to. I think they might. Just because it's an animated show, we'll, we won't... I don't think they'll have the issue of overlap as they would with like live action shows, but starting next year, they're going to have to overlap Star Wars live action and Marvel live action. It's, it's going to be impossible. Yeah, for sure. And that was going to be my next question to you was, do you think not necessarily that they'll release more than one episode a week, but do you think post this episode, let's say initially when the show is made, it was made with the standard 24 minute, episodes that usually animated tv shows are made with what if they decided and post oh let's put these three together and and make the first episode and then they decide well instead of being 24 minute episodes let's do a bunch of little bit longer episodes so maybe episode two of the show is 40 minutes like the falcon winter soldier is and it would basically be two combined episodes that and we would never know that, but that might be the format they're going for to cram it in with Loki. I mean, I I don't think as as fans would have any issues with that. I know they've already kind of played around with that, you know, format. Obviously, that's something that's been very malleable in live action for Disney. And I mean, most like Netflix or Hulu or whatever shows. But they have been playing around a little bit with um, the animated stuff i mean if we look last year during the bad batch arc there's that whole sequence where like that little droid comes in and like it's supposed to like put out all those electric uh the electrocution and like burn any like live organisms to like crisps right and we don't see that them enter the room and like we don't see it like kill um some like human not human but some like one of the local natives and there's that like there's that whole scene of it like exploring the room with that they escape of after you know they save Echo and I mean they've cut that that was a good two three minutes there I guess maybe they cut it because they 
didn't want to make it so violent, but you know, it, it also seems a little strange to cut it because Clone Wars is by season four a pretty like heavy show with heavy material. But I mean, that cut the episode lengths. I think the third one was like what, um, eighteen, not eighteen, uh, like twenty minutes barely, and that's with title sequences and all that. So. They've shown that they can shorten it. I don't think it'd be too much of a stretch to elongate some episodes. And I mean, we don't, I don't, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we know how many episodes there are in Bad Batch, right? Yeah, I have not heard, and nor have we heard the runtime or when it's supposed to be over. So we, we yeah. would assume it'd be over by the time Loki comes out. If not, then maybe overlap for one or two weeks. But yeah, Star Wars. May has always kind of been a Star Wars month, so we'd assume that it, it takes over all of May, but right now, Disney Plus, what they've done is they've had one week in between shows, so I believe when Falcon and Winter Soldier ends, there'll be one week with nothing, and then Bad Batch. So, if they follow that structure, then there'll be one week between Bad Batch and Loki. But they also might be testing the water to see how much crossover there is between Star Wars watchers and Marvel watchers and see if uh, yeah. people cancel their, their memberships during Bad Batch and come back for for Loki or if they see people you know resubscribe to or Mandalorian fans or Bad Batch but cancel for Loki. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, my, my thinking right now is just because of how big of a success Clone Wars was, there's going to be people at least willing to give Bad Batch a chance. Maybe that's why, even if you weren't like the biggest fan of that whole arc, maybe that's why we've had such a big and long premiere, right? It's its own like event of sorts within what could maybe be its own event series. Like we don't really know that Bad Batch is more than a season long too, right? Yeah. Like yeah. That, that's another thing. Like, is it going to continue with them? I mean, there's so many stories you could tell, right? I mean, where are they by the time Rebels happens? Like, um how do i think especially if rebels if the rebel sequel is now live action as it seems to be a lot of those stories are going to be transitioned into live exactly. action yeah this could end up being at least two maybe three seasons i mean i would i would like to have more star wars animation um and of high quality i mean i know we've discussed it before but you know resistance even if it had a pretty nice art style, it was, again, something that was only on Disney XD, you know, um, and it had its somehow probably even less of a budget than material. It was cheesy. There were moments in season one, especially when the First Order really first popped up, that I thought, okay, this is like a really interesting look at how the First Order kind of like takes over things, you know? It's like encroachment and saying we're offering services before, you know, eventually becoming rulers of a place, you know, kind of like colonialism and stuff. But yeah, I mean, that show was not great quality. Whereas Rebels, you know, even with that Y7 rating, even with a lower budget, it became one of those great shows. I'm hoping Disney Plus means more money, more high quality animation and great storytelling. I mean, we don't know how the Bad Batch is going to turn out, but I would think that, you know, this only builds off of everything that we've seen in the final season of Clone Wars. Yeah, it's a gamble for them, especially, and I remember when they announced the show when we were all like, what are the Bad Batch going to do that's so interesting? None of us really thought, oh, it's going to take place post-Revenge of the Sith. So, yeah, I think it could be a great 
epilogue to Clone Wars, and it definitely has its own story to tell that can almost branch into, like, say, Cassian or Obi-Wan, you know, maybe not that far, that large amount of time, but might build the Empire into what it is when we watch Cassian. So I think uh, there's there's possibilities to connect all these things here. Absolutely, and I think that's a great transition point to, like, the next big sequence. Um, probably the most unique thing about the whole trailer is the intro... I mean, there is a sequence after this, which is just shows off the Bad Batch Hunter not in his armor, but the rest in their armor kind of fighting off clones and, you know, a little bit of, like, a roll call sequence of Tech and Echo and Wrecker and Crosshair, but... There's a small sequence right before that kind of starts overlapping for the rest of the show, this trailer, and it's the int introduction of a female clone named Omega. And we know her name is Omega because it's in the closed captions, the subtitles of the video. And I mean, this is something completely new. I don't. I mean, I I can't think of a anything with the clones. You know, with the Django Fett genotype and dna of like a female being produced from that i mean i, I she is pro presumably probably from the one of the later batches or maybe she was an accident right i mean the bad batch as far as we've been told have been were you know were mutated on purpose to like you know test and you know push the uh, DNA that's left of Django Fett before it starts deteriorating too much. Um, I mean, that makes sense in a military sense, but now that, you know, the Empire is in control of the galaxy, like, what's the point of having, you know, a young girl? I mean, was this part of something with the clones that was she was intended for, or was this just an accident? I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, this is going to be one of the big mysteries of the show, and it's 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 funny and also so much a credit to uh, the Clone Wars team and Dave Filoni and and Dee Bradley Baker and everyone who's made these clones so unique that when I first watched the trailer I was like oh yeah uh, this is a new character and not for a second did I think oh my gosh this is a female clone and they're all you know they're all males <laughs> like they're such individuals yeah, yeah. you know they become such individual characters that they're hard to it's hard to ever see them as the same you know since since the clone wars started that was one of their big missions and so watching the trailer i i didn't even really think about that the first time and then watching it the second time that was that's obviously one of the biggest parts of this whole thing and I'll, and i think whether i don't even know where to begin with this speculation on her origins and i don't really see a reason why they would purposely create a female clone um it it just it doesn't it doesn't it's like why now right why yeah, why not yeah. at the beginning so especially because at the age she is she's what probably in real person terms about 10 so in clone years that's what like two Five. or three oh Five? okay a, yeah because i think cloning is half speed or two times the speed of humans so so regardless yeah she was made right before the clone wars and so yeah yeah why now right like if, if they've been creating the clone army for so long why 
would they suddenly decide to make a female clone? So I think I I yeah. have more of a feeling that it's it's an accident or just some type of mutation. And that would kind of lead to her being with the Bad Batch is she feels like an outcast, you know, like them. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, this whole trailer, like you said, like she's aligned with the Bad Batch because, you know, she is a mutant, you know, accident or not. She is different from the rest of these clones. Um, I mean, I could totally see them just being her, like, drawn to them because she's different, right? And, you know, in the clones, right, personality used to come with, you know, paint on the armor or haircuts or tattoos. You're not going to really do that with a kid, per se, but, uh, I mean, I, I think what I found interesting, what makes me give pause to think it's just she's an accident or unintended part of the cloning is that, you know, she's wearing the headdress of the Kaminoans, um, at least the female Kaminoans, and, you know, she is wearing a tunic like the rest of, like, the clones do when they're not in armor, but it seems a little bit more refined, a little bit more regal. Um, and I, was, I mean, I was just reading people's discussions and thoughts about this online in the past week. And some people are like, oh, yeah, I mean, do the Kaminoans really know how to raise a girl? Maybe, you know, she's trained just like the clones, just that she's female. But I don't know, these these elements of her having, like, she doesn't even have black hair. She has, like, blonde hair. I don't know if she dyed it or if that's something that was naturally different. She's got the headdress and she's got this multicolored tunic. And, you know, it just, for me, it just seems like, you know, they, maybe this was, like, part of, like, the cloners republic backing of like you know maybe possibly creating a young like representative of sorts you know someone who could be someone for the clones because i mean one thing we've known from star wars um is that the clones i mean they're not treated as humans and the show really shows that outside of like being on an active battlefield you know they don't have rights they don't have you know there's a lot of clone racism of sorts it's it's a tough situation to be in when you know you're identical to your brothers and even though you find yourself unique the galaxy just sees you as no different than the droids of the confederate army um so then just to see someone like this you know maybe maybe there was some intention of creating you know a character who could be a representative in the senate or could grow the you know improve human clone alien relationships whatever it may be i just think that for someone who's a female they're giving her a lot more attention than they ever would have but another clone i mean we saw 99 instead of giving him more care they just made him a janitor so i don't know that those right. are just my thoughts there yeah yeah because the, the kaminoans have always been kind of a, a stoic species they're very scientific they don't show much emotion they talk slowly they move slowly I just don't see why they would make a clone to give a clone's rights. You know, they would, they very much so seem like they would rather have the clone serving them. Exactly. Than anyone yeah. else. They're, they're profit. They profit off of them. So I guess if somebody wanted to buy a female clone, then they would do it. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? I'm, I'm like, like you said, it is the biggest mystery of the trailer. Cause well, we know that she's going to go on this journey with the Bad Batch. I mean, that's what the rest of the trailer shows us. But what was 
you know, the original intention. Like, even if she's an accident, what was their plan with her? She, she doesn't look like she's being trained in military ways, at least just from what we've seen. Yeah, and she's, when they are talking to her in that first part, when she knows them, they're talking to her in, in an area with a lot of Kaminoans. They're all walking in the background. So maybe she's as some type of servant or something, you know, a maid. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that, where she's she's kind of more involved in the daily life of the Kaminoans than the clones are, where they're all, the rest of the clones are all doing military stuff. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's, it wouldn't be too shocking to think that she's just, you know, a live field test of sorts of like, okay, well, we got a female clone. Let's follow her around and see what she'll do differently than all these males who are in this, you know, military structure. There's no purpose to her because we've got plenty identical soldiers. She could do anything that she could do. And I mean, who have been bred and are much older and have had years of flash training. So, I mean, what's she to do, right? Like, I mean, she's the biggest mystery to me because she's what the show potential really is. I know a lot of us, even amongst the lads, we're like, you know, the Bad Batch are fun, but, you know, they're they're a little over the top. They're a little bit more like 80s action buddy cop and a little bit more action hero-y than, you know, really grounded in the Star Wars universe. Um, they're all like very extra about their personalities and how they act and how they fight. So, you know, she she probably is, at least for me, the first real confirmation of like, hey, you know, any like serious doubts you had about the Bad Batch, let's at least put them aside for right now because we're introducing a totally different character who's going to be part of this story who could you know reframe the bad bats and make them into much more deeper characters let alone than just having them be reframed from the conflict and the fallout of the republic yeah yeah and one one other thing i wanted to bring up from this sequence as well moving away from omega for a little bit is um the fact that you do see hunter shooting clones and as we saw with the Order 66 in the final episode of the Clone Wars, and just the theme of the whole show, it's it's brotherhood. It's you know, these individuals who all look the same, but they all are united because they're they are literally the same people. And there's there's this sense of brotherhood that we see most prominently in the Umbara episodes, and when when the clones are forced to fight each other, they don't even realize they're fighting each other. How are they going to react to fighting other clones? And I maybe the Bad Batch are a little bit more removed from that because they've always kind of been loners and they've always been a family and they they don't really care as much about the other clones around them. But I think that's going to be a really uh, strong emotional point to this show because the fact that Hunter's just blasting clones, like it doesn't even look like that yeah. he's using stun or anything. So... No remorse. So he's just he, taking he's them there, out. Yeah. So that that's going to be interesting to see. I want to see the clone perspective as they, and I I would assume that that would be something that leads to them ultimately trying to remove themselves from the empire, not just the bad batch, but the clones in general, kind of revolting. Because we we all would guess that the end of the bad batch show 
if it goes multiple seasons like we think would be the culmination of the clones and and their journey and how they're ultimately defeated and and killed and gotten rid of or or some escape like the jedi almost purged and and i want to see if the bad batch you know kind of being this iconic group this this almost superhero-esque type soldier that I would assume a lot of the other clones look up to if they turn on the Empire and they're out running, you know, on their own. If that's kind of one of the catalysts that start, the that make the other clones start to go, well, maybe we're not on the right side. And, and ultimately that kind of breaks the mind control over them with the, with the chip. Because the chip yeah, is, no, as we are... know, just again, as we or at least assume, is just has them turn aggressive against Jedi. So, yeah, I don't think it's like pure true. mind control. Yeah, and we've seen in the Kanan comics, they, you know, they're they have the immense guilt and regret of sorts. It's like. It's like we were just following orders, right? Sure, but it's not like their minds are turned off. They're it's just overridden. And they're conscious of that what's going on. It's not like they're just like like oh, suddenly something rewrites their memory for 5 minutes while they just go berserk and it turns off again. It's they're humans. That's what they go through. And and we see not only the, the clones in um and the Canon comic be a comic be able to kind of snap out of it for brief seconds to do what they want, but we also see Rex is able to do that initially when Order sixty six is starting, and he kind of warns Ahsoka. Find fives, um. So so yeah, I'd like to see, especially with that, and I'm sure, I'm I'm one hundred percent sure that that's a major part of the show. That yeah, is the last time we've seen the clones. Is, Absolutely, is dealing with Order sixty six. I do want to provide a little bit of a counter to what you're saying about, you know, looking up to the Bad Batch. I think, I don't know, I don't know if we could say they're looking up to the Bad Batch, because when we see, like, Jesse and uh, Rex and all that on an axis, they're in the Bad Batch arc. Yeah, they work really well with them, and, you know, they they are super soldiers. They're doing things that regular clones, even you know, our troopers can't do. And, I mean, as we've seen at the beginning of this trailer, it just reinforces how they kind of do the things their own way. So I'm not sure if maybe clones look up to them. And another reason for that is so much of the individuality of clones that we've, like, seen in the movies, but especially in the show, it's stripped. I don't think I've seen a clone here, you know, with, like, distinct color markings. Yeah, we see later in the sequence when the shuttle lands presumably on Camino, right? We see the Coruscant Guard uh, colors, but we don't see, like, distinct markings or anything different. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we could see the Empire Enforced kind of, like, you know, regular haircuts, removal of anything individual, right? So the Bad Batch obviously wouldn't seem to be that sort of group, and maybe the Empire gives them leeway at first, but their individuality probably, you know, pushes against just, you know, forget about their actions, just how they walk around and act. I mean, clones may not already like them, but seeing how they're, you know, kind of given extra privileges and 
yet with those extra privileges, you know, they're still acting out doing their own things. I'm, I'm curious to see maybe if the clones also turn on them faster than, you know, official orders coming in. I mean, I, that, 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 it's just food for thought, but I, I, I don't think I can fully agree with regular clones looking up to the Bad Batch. I think maybe they're supportive of them because, yes, we're all brothers in the end, but once they're all a uniform, you know, white shell, stormtrooper prototype that individuality that they once thrived on seems to be snuffed out almost immediately that's an interesting point i never thought about it from from that perspective and i could see especially with with the you know x-men type parallels i could see the the fact that they're different being a major reason why why the clones could turn on them um I could also see them kind of being the symbol of hope for the other clones, especially younger clones, clones that yeah. might be yeah. just just uh, prepped for battle, you know, right before Revenge of the Sith, who don't really have any experience, who see these role models like like a Rex or like a a Cody. Just... And and it very well could be both too. You know, some people could hate them. Maybe as time goes on, their legend grows as they're on the run. Maybe we see clones, you know, like, remember, you're like, no, these guys were what we were in the war, or these guys are fighting for the real thing. Um, obviously, because they are only, like, five people. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they're only five people, right? They're more, like, maybe in effect, like how Ezra was when he broadcasted that whole speech to the Lothal system as opposed to like actually making chaotic change or disruption in the Empire's plans. And I think that's a great transition point because from there, after we've talked about Omega and after we've seen, uh, you know, a little bit more of like roll call situation with, uh, you know, all the Bad Batch and then all the non-color schemed clones anymore, uh, Harkin makes the point of saying, you know what? Yeah, we gotta eliminate these dudes. Um, and, you know, we see some of the ominous lighting that we saw at the end of, uh, you know, the final arc of Siege of Mandalore. You know, the helmets are all on for the clones. Lighting, this smog of or, sm or mist of Kamino makes it very eerie and haunting. I think we're building up, up possibly for a bit more of, like, a non-humanity, non-humanized version of the clones, like we were talking. But you know, in the further sequences, we see uh, Ming Na Wen's character from The Mandalorian, who I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Fennec. Fennec Shad. Yeah, Fennec Shad. I mean, there you go. That's your Mandalorian tie. I mean, this is what thirty years before, or something. No, like twenty something years before. Actually, yeah. no, it could be 2025, around 30, right? Um, we see a little sh quick shot of her, which we saw in the original uh, sizzle reel. Um, we see a random beast, you know, that they're shooting at. We see them at uh, the Bad Batch out of their armor and their, you know, their little wetsuits of sorts, their underlayer. Um, you know, it's kind of escaping, it looks like, from Camino and Omega kind of joining them. She's like, just tell me what to do. What do you need? 
We see a shuttle being pursued by fighters, fighting them off. And then we see probably our biggest reveal, but looks like Braca and Rex. And I mean, I don't think it's just me, but I, I was not really expecting Rex to appear in the trailer. I thought, you know, we'd save his reveal for the show, but I guess not. Yeah, and they're just, you know, giving you more Clone Wars goodies to uh, to get excited about. And I, I think that was the smart move. You know, they're, they're really uniting the two eras, the, the Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion eras with, with Tarkin references, with Fennec references even past the Age of Rebellion to the Mandalorian with, with um, as we'll see earlier, or later, Saw Gerrera with Captain Rex you know, with the, the danger room type uh, place where they train. A lot of callbacks to all these things we're familiar with, so we can kind of, viewers can get a sense of where the show is taking place if they didn't watch season seven of, of The Clone Wars or just watch those last four episodes. They're getting a sense of what the oh, show really is. But Definitely. Rex, yeah. Yeah, yeah Rex look- on Bracca, though. I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. It looks like Bracca, right? Like, I, I, I can't, it, it seems like almost a tie-in with Jedi Fallen Order right here. I mean, yeah, I mean, it looks like a place where the Venators are being, you know, rusted and broken down and torn apart for scrap metal. Yeah, very well could be. And it, uh, it's very reminiscent of, like, Jakku and, and uh, the Battle of Jakku remains, you know, that we see Rey going through constantly in The Force Awakens. It's going to be exactly, interesting if that's yeah. tied out. And then also, as we've seen in most other Star Wars material, where Rex goes, Ahsoka goes. So maybe this maybe is maybe we a, see an Ahsoka sighting. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if she doesn't show up at some point in this show. I'm not saying it's going to happen in this episode or if she, that she's with Rex, but I would be very surprised since she is kind of the face of, of Star Wars animation. But very she true. Not show up. And you've read the Ahsoka novel, right? I actually have not read the Ahsoka novel. Okay. Neither have I. So I know it takes place, I want to say, a year or five years after Revenge of the Sith. I need it. Let me check that real quick. Uh, it is one year. One year. Okay. So, I mean, we don't, we, we think that the Bad Batch picks up right after Revenge of the Sith. So at one point, does she split off from Rex, right? It has to be by that one year mark. Um, right. Obviously, that book also says a lot of different things about how the Siege of Mandalore went, but I think we can say for certain that Clone Wars overrules some little tiny footnote of sorts in a novel that came out before when we didn't think the Clone Wars would ever come back. But, right. I mean, which do you think she's going to show up? I mean, if she, I don't think she could show up on if this is Bracca, as we're as I'm at least I'm thinking, wouldn't she be able to sense Cal? I, I mean, I know Cal's kind of cut off from the force, you know, avoiding using it, but I don't think he's doing the whole Luke Skywalker of like, you know, I have nothing to do with the force anymore. I think he's just in hiding. I mean, is this some way we can get a little bit of a Cal Kestis tease? But if we do that, right, how, do, how does that affect, you know, Fallen Order? Like, this, it seems that he's hidden himself really well. So maybe it would make sense to, you know, really 
have him in the show, or maybe they're maybe they stumble upon him and something with their chips almost activates if they do have chips and they recognize him as a Jedi or something. I mean, there's there's potential for a Fallen Order tie-in uh, and an Ahsoka tie-in of sorts, but I'm not sure if they'd go as, as far as doing that. I feel like maybe this is just, you know, Rex on his own journey at this point. I mean, what, what are your thoughts there? Well, Carol would still be pretty young when, when the show takes place, because obviously we see him during Order 66 in the game. And we, do we know how quickly he's... Is he on Bracco the whole time? Well, yeah, because they're over Bracca, and when the, he's in the he escape shell, down. Okay. Yeah, so we know he lands there. It's I guess it's more of a question of he's yeah I don't know so much of I, Fallen also, Order is how he's like trying to keep himself hidden. So right, yeah, and also I, mean, I don't know I don't know how interested Ahsoka really is in connecting with Jedi. Um, true, right? Right. Yeah. Off of uh, her. Uh, leaving the order and then seeing all that what happens i i have a feeling that she has a lot of personal stuff to deal with obviously with possibly losing anakin and all of that so she might be just coming and going you know i i don't i would not say that i think ahsoka is actually going to be a, a large character in this show mm-hmm. yeah. um, or at least at least season one and maybe season two she kind of has that rebels role where she shows up once okay. in a while yeah exactly because the that's what a lot of the book is about is her becoming fulcrum and her how, she can on, avoid, she, how she can avoid the good fight right right but, so, i mean she also has to get her new lightsabers right she has to get all the components again and build them from scrap and then bleed or unbleed the inquisitor that she defeats so i mean that's uh, another yeah, thing we have to consider is there do you think there's a chance of inquisitors in this show that's that is a good question. I don't know. I I think anything's possible. It it yeah. also depends how much time has passed since Revenge of the Sith because we're we're speculating that we'll see Order sixty six, but that doesn't mean they don't take a two year time jump or a one year time jump. Oh yeah, that, that's that open in the that's true the for show, sure. So. Yeah. So I, it, I, I it, personally it, hope I I personally would think that you know maybe they'll. If they do a gap, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I feel like so much of the Bad Batch is so aggressive and antagonizing if you're not on their side that two years of tolerance under Tarkin, I don't know. I just can't see that. Either. I, I can't picture the story working that way, you know. Like, I, I feel definitely within within a year to two years of the empire existing they would have it well under control so i I do think that this is going to be maybe not the next day after order 66 but six within six months to a year after order 66 at most yeah when things when you know you can strip away all the paint when you know a bit more of a control and order is in place of the you know of the former republic because I think that that's, a, that's another great transition point. Because, I mean, yeah, obviously we see Omega kind of use, like, a Night Sister bow and, like, shoot at clones. Yeah, that was cool. Which, I mean, that's great. <laughs> it's crazy to see that kids are already shooting. I mean, it's not too surprising. We've seen the clone cadets um, on during the in second uh, the Battle of Camino, right? They had a fight, too. 
But, you know, we see the Bad Batch and an ATT, you know, all the markings are off on what a lot of people online are saying is Raxus Prime, which is the homeworld of the uh, former Confederacy at this point, right? And we see a lot of citizens. We see them shoot the, you know, the... How, how do I put it? We shoot, shoot another ATTE, I guess another... Uh, at this point, they're probably not affiliated with the clones, yeah. or maybe this is when they break up. I mean, there's there's so much we don't know, right? But it's clear that, you know, if this is the Confederates' homeworld, there's action and rules being broken and Bad Batch doing Bad Batch things here, which, hey, I mean, more power to them. Let them be their, themselves in a world that is in a galaxy that is shrinking on them. Yeah, and it's uh, it's more clones, hypothetically killing clones. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, yeah. We'll see how much that actually affects them. So I, you I think feel that, like, especially someone like Echo, that would... Yeah. Really get his e- head. Echo's, Echo's, I mean, he was... I mean, I guess by the end of his whole arc in Bad Batch, he's... You know, he's more aligned with the Bad Batch because they're more like him, more different than other clones. But, he, I mean, he he was bred as, like, any other clone, right? He worked his way up to become an art trooper. It's not like he was mutated on purpose. He was... This was not of... This was not of conception, and this was not of free will. He didn't have any say in what they did. I mean, obviously, the Bad Batch didn't either, but, you know, at least they got to live as themselves. Echo wasn't himself for, like, what, almost two years? He was a computer, so you know to go from that and then to go to just shooting at his brothers, right? That's probably gonna weigh heavily on him. Yeah, then, I would, I would think so for sure. And then maybe his reaction to, you know, the rest of the bad batch just <laughs> guns ablaze, and who knows? Maybe Record pulls a Chewbacca and rips off people's arms. <laughs> that would be very crazy, but um. I mean, the next shot right away is, I'm, I'm assuming Onderon, because we see Saw Gerrera, Um And it, it's very nice, because we see Saw Gerrera, you know, kind of, like, already shifting towards, uh, you know, the Forrest Whitaker look. He's got the hair kind of going. He's got the scar. I don't think we see the, uh, the different eye, the funny eye, quite yet. But we do see... Um, I mean, I guess we do continue off that hot thread that Anakin mentions at the start of Siege of Mandalore of like the ongoing siege of Onderon. So I'm, I'm curious after seeing Raxus Prime, after seeing the Onderon Rebels, like how much how much of like the, you know, the good side of the CIS are we going to see? I think that's pretty pretty interesting. Like, you know, just the the regular soldiers, the people who are actually fighting for, you know, their real rights before it was co-opted by Dooku and all those different forces. Yeah, and it would be an interesting transition again into another Disney Plus show with Andor because his family are separatists. Yeah. And we get to see that kind of formation of the rebellion out of the remains of of the former enemy, right? The the separatists, Confederacy of Independent Systems, all those remaining people, right? The people that didn't get slaughtered by Anakin people that might have gone into hiding that maybe palpatine i i don't know maybe he sends vader after them but maybe not maybe some of them survive and ultimately become leaders of the rebellion and 
it would be kind of interesting to see the Bad Batch team up with former uh, separatists because that would that would kind of be a ideological difference. But the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Lesser evil. And you would think that because they're going on these crazy missions. I know we were talking about like are the commandos like the higher level than the Bad Batch. Like we don't we don't really know where the Bad Batch falls in like power ranking. I guess for clones, but you know they'd still be tasked with some of the more difficult and crazier missions out there, and you know that might have meant doing some crazy things against separatists. So, I mean, their loyalties right. are interesting. I mean, and obviously it looks like they do become bounty hunters, you know, because you know we see Hunter without his armor at times, which could bring in the whole bounty hunters guild. Of sorts, you know, the tie into the Mandalorian and to the original trilogy of them hunting down stuff for the Empire, right? Getting contracts of the sort. Um, and this is this is where uh, not knowing how many episodes really is impacting our ability to to judge what the show is going to be like, right? Because for me, I'm I'm seeing Sagarera, I'm seeing Finnick, I'm seeing Rex, I'm seeing Tarkin, I'm seeing all these characters. And in a former version of the Clone Wars, right, we'd see a trailer like this and assume they were all separate arcs. But is exactly, this one, right. one cohesive season like The Mandalorian? Or is it also like The Mandalorian where it is each episode's kind of its own unique adventure and we keep moving on? Or is it more streamlined? Yeah, is it more like Rebels where, you know, everything is kind of like one group, one family kind of, and we follow it. I mean, yeah, maybe like the earlier seasons of Rebels are a bit more episodic some of the episodes but they still follow a linear path right we're still following this group so yeah it's hard to really make a judgment because you know when there's a shot a little later you know when it starts to go a bit more into a clip show we see fennec jumping from like a burning speeder of sorts onto what looks like a taxi from coruscant i don't know if she's on coruscant when this happens but like that's a whole different angle there right i mean if they're to escape, they're gonna have to blend into the shadows. Would make sense for them to, you know, visit the Coruscant underworld at some point. But you know, if that were to happen, how are they going from there to Braca, to Camino, to Raxus Prime? Like, like you said, there's a question of length that's really hampering what we know and what we can really say. And then there's like whole, that whole random shot of them falling on a bunch of like security droids. I don't know if they're like an hk precursor or if they're maybe um uh what's the droid model from rogue one the, the k2 the k2 are they is there like a k2 prototype i mean there's also like a shot of hunter fighting a zygerian slaver right like it's hard to really judge what's going on with this story in how much of it is all connected? The one through line that we have is at some point the Empire forces them onto the run and they take Omega with them. And I guess all these different things happen. That's really all we can say so far. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's... And so we don't, it, because that's the thing. It looks like Sagarera and Finnick, the way they, they set up the trailer. Or going to be part of the same mini story if they are breaking it up into maybe two or three episode mini arcs or if they are doing I, yeah it just doesn't seem like when we saw Guerrero that, that the Bad Batch are going to be in the same place that they are 
in the first half of the trailer with Tarkin and with Kamino and I think that's going to be not in the first episode, but we could be wrong and they could be you know, seeing all these people in such a short amount of time, but maybe that's... all their contacts, maybe all the people that they're mm-hmm. you know, Finnick, who, know. who are willing to help them. Yeah. And looks like she's almost being sent after them. Absolutely. Yeah. So like the bounty hunter bounty thing. On them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like if, if the clones aren't doing enough damage, Right, maybe they go for, yeah, you know, go for outside contracts, and then there's like the whole thing going back to Rex, like making contact with Rex. Right? Do, how would they even know that Rex is alive? Right? He, he, yeah. and Ahsoka are assumed dead in that crash. They don't know where they crashed either. Maybe they do in this show, after some point, but that still takes enough time for them to escape and disappear fully so for him to just be wearing his full armor right um like yeah what's going on there like there's there's that whole angle and i think this brings me to my whole my biggest thing because yeah we see the bad batch throughout this trailer all the different things that they're going through all the discussions this and that but we really don't see crosshair after the camino bits and it's speculated that crosshair is the same clone a uh, trooper that we see in the sizzle reel who's in the black armor with the green eyes because he's kind of got like the whole um a, t- a shoulder attachment that looks exactly like crosshairs and he kind of has that circle opening around his eye doesn't necessarily have the cross mark itself but armor wise it looks like you know maybe crosshair goes evil or maybe crosshair is brainwashed kind of like how the Kaminoans try to do it fives, you know, try to get him to like have a reset of sorts. So, I mean, what, do you think Crosshair goes evil? Do you think he get, he's forced to turn bad or sacrifices himself, and then you know the Empire turn uses him against them? Like, what do you think the angle is here? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be similar to the Embara episode, like a dogma situation, except maybe Crosshair is uh, the same. You know, never turns back. But I, I think that's a it's a good way to anchor the Bad Batch emotionally to the Empire and the rise of the Empire because if they aren't connected very much to the other clones or to the Jedi and they don't have that emotional impact of, of everything happening, of Order 66 happening, the transition, if they're not really affected by that and their only gripe with the Empire is that they can't be themselves, uh, I think one of their own betraying them would be obviously a, a major reason that they would go on the run maybe maybe he's the only one affected by order 66 type brainwashing and they're trying to figure out a way to fix him and that's why they go to rex it could be that and then the other option is one that nobody really wants to talk about i guess because uh it's kind of anticlimactic but maybe he gets killed by the empire and then that sets them off on the their run so i i think that's the least likely because they wouldn't highlight him in the trailer for him to die in the first episode but yeah, and I think that I think the design for the clone that we see is in the Scissorial, the black and green eyed, uh, yeah, black yeah. armor. Yeah, it it seems too similar. I know uh, Kessel runs transmissions. were saying it's Cody, but why would Cody have like a you know an eye slit specifically matching you know Crosshair's whole look? 
just painted black. Like it, it doesn't make sense yeah, to me. And I think, sense. I think having, you know, a member of the Bad Batch track them down or be like the main point of contact, you know, who's for the Empire. Because obviously, you know, Tarkin isn't going to involve himself in this. Right? It's not a personal mission. So it's more of an order. And if the regular clones are just getting massacred by Hunter and the likes, maybe maybe he is like a dogma and, you know, he is willing to track down his brothers. And, you know, maybe he struggles with that. Or maybe it's he's brainwashed into doing it. And part of their journey is also to figure out how, you know, we can save our brother and, you know, get him to turn back to who he really is. Maybe maybe his memories are flash wiped or something. I mean, again, there's no real confirmation that he leaves the Bad Batch, but, you know, that whole armored look and the fact that he's not really with them or maybe he's cropped out, who knows, but, you know, he, yeah, he's he in nothing. pretty much no shots. He's in no shots out of Camino. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, at that point, he's still, you know, perfectly in sync, right? Hunter throws a knife and he shoots it and electrocutes it. So it's it's not like, you know, they're already having problems and, and all that. It seems like he's just the dry wit, you know, not, you know, the dry wit smart ass of the whole group so far, just like we've seen in the whole arc. So who knows? I think, I think other than Omega, that's probably the biggest question that I have along with obviously all this plethora of questions, but you know, what, what is the fate of Crosshair and how does that fit into the show? I think that's also possibly just as big, if not bigger than Omega. Yeah, I, I really do think he's going to end up being that that villain and kind of subsequently the catalyst for them to find Rex. And I could see Rex very much so being like almost like Bail Organa in Revenge of the Sith, where he's like sitting out there waiting to find other clones who are not yeah. brainwashed. Um, I mean, he still has to get to Gregor and Wolf, right? Wolf, yeah. Who, Who's to say that they he meets both at the same time? It'll probably take a little bit of time to get each one. So, you know, he's yeah, just out as, there. Yeah. As sad as it sounds, I think the most fitting conclusion for the clones would be to have some massive battle with the new stormtroopers and, and basically to only have the three survivors be Gregor, Wolf, and Rex, unfortunately. But whether we get that in, in the end of the Bad Batch show or not, um, I think that's ultimately where we're going is the conclusion of the clone's journey. Yeah, that's true because then, I mean, there's, there's a whole different, there's a whole different angle that we have to consider that I don't think we've mentioned, but there is no record of Rex losing his chip or removing his chip. And there is no record of him necessarily, uh, how do I put it? You know, necessarily being allied with Ahsoka. I mean, obviously we've seen the memes and everything where he's like, no, Ahsoka isn't a Jedi. That's the thing. Like, we can't actually, you know, execute her and all that to Jesse. But, I mean, even if they... he, You know, he's, he's in, in essence, you know, an MIA soldier, right? I don't think there's anything that the Empire would concretely say about you know rex that like oh he's bad because obviously when we see 
Cal, uh, is it what's his Callus in um, season two premiere of Rebels? Right, he doesn't you know talk to Rex as if he's like oh you know he's a criminal on the run. He kind of talks to him like oh you're a retired clone. Do one last thing for your empire. So I don't know if Rex is necessarily anything more than just someone who's missing for the empire and. Maybe the Bad Batch knows he's alive. Maybe they stumble upon him. But correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't. I don't think the Empire would think Rex would be anything other than a loyal soldier at this point. Just happens to be missing. I think that they probably think he's dead because yeah, everybody else yeah. dies on that cruiser, and and the Soka's nowhere to be found. So Jesse dies. And other than the fact that his helmet is not standing up nicely on his gun like all the other fallen clones are. Um, but but do the the Empire even uh, go there until well into the Stormtrooper era when snowtroopers are there with Darth Vader? And um, as we see in the final shot of Clone Wars, you know, maybe they don't even ever find that ship really. They just kind of ignore it. They just assume it's it crashed, but but Ahsoka, kind of her her lightsabers and her presence attracts Vader there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, it's interesting. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I guess they all just think that he's dead or missing in action. But I don't think anyone has a clue what really happened with him. With him telling Ahsoka about fives and getting his chip removed and escaping with her. Yeah, I mean... Maybe there's some Imperials who think, possibly, okay, like, you know, there's records showing that he's accessed, you know, memos about fives and all that, and, you know, recently Ahsoka used Anakin's passcode to access it, but, you know, there's also recordings of him saying, you know, I don't think, I think we should do a full investigation into chips about what fives was saying. So maybe they have doubts about him, but I, I think it's fair to say, yeah, I mean, he's just a loyal soldier gone missing or killed. So maybe the Empire has no idea about him. But, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's really the full trailer. There's a lot of juicy stuff to see. But again, because we don't know timeline, we don't know how many episodes, we don't know what the real story is other than it's just a Bad Batch on the lam. There's so much that, you know, this trailer... Posits to us and really lets her mind go free. Obviously, we're trying our best to like link it to things that we know and think could happen realistically in the timeline and connect to other Star Wars properties being made right now. But yeah, I mean, it really, as much as we talked about it, guys, like this is complete unknown. I don't think we had this much unknowns for uh, what is it? Uh, for Clone Wars, the final season. I would go as so far as saying we didn't have as many unknowns for the Mandalorian. I mean, we know that's a more of a self-contained story, but yeah, I mean, we don't we we really don't know anything about Bad Batch despite having seen two trailers. It's interesting they're deciding to keep this such a secret, but hopefully, uh, you know, there's some big surprises in store because. It is it is like live action level secrecy on this show, kind of with with 
how very little has been leaked. I mean, The Mandalorian season two had way more stuff leaked than Bad Batch has. I mean, I don't, I can't recall really any Bad Batch leaks. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, and then so much of it was because you know it's setting up different shows that are happening. We don't know if Bad Batch is even a full season. It could just be like a mini event series, like the Obi Wan Kenobi, as far as we know. Like we said, we don't even know about the episode lens because the premiere is 70 minutes long. So, yeah. Yeah, very fascinating. Well, we're going to move on from the Bad Batch trailer to the only other real news or Star Wars related thing that happened this week. And it's just to let you guys know that Disney Plus has opened up a new section on its Star Wars page called the Vintage Collection. And this is pretty exciting if you're someone who grew up with Star Wars television prior to 2008. Uh, they put up the two Ewoks movies. Um, I have never seen them, and I just watched Caravan of Courage the other night, and it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I know a lot of people have nostalgia for that, but as someone who never watched it as a kid, I had zero nostalgia for it. And it was both boring and very, very, very bad uh, acting. I felt bad for the poor kid, the lead. He was, he was so, so one note. He had such a monotone voice. I mean, I've been accused of having a monotone voice, but I don't try to act. Um, yeah, it was it was hard to watch for me. But if you're interested or morbidly curious, check it out. I will be watching the second film this week. We also got the Ewoks TV show, the animated cartoon show, was posted up there, and then the animation of the first appearance of Boba Fett that was in the Star Wars Holiday Special. I'm glad they did not upload the Holiday Special because no one should have to ever watch that, and it shouldn't be available for people as easily as it is on YouTube. Um, the Evox films are bad enough, but yeah, don't subject people to the holiday special. But anyway, we got the best part of the holiday special, which still isn't that great, but it is the first appearance of Boba Fett, so if you're interested in that, check it out. And then the final thing we got was, by far the best thing they uploaded, is the original Clone Wars series, the micro-series from 2002-2003. I think it's 2003-2004, actually. Uh, which... It's excellent. It's excellent. And if you haven't seen it, absolutely watch it. It's not canon, but the Clone Wars does play off a lot of things that happen in that. And kind of watch it as a piece of of head canon until they directly contradict it type thing, you know. Um, there are some very cool moments. General Grievous, it's my favorite General Grievous thing that there is. And Ventress, there's a Ventress Anakin fight that's awesome. Uh, the the whole battle of Coruscant is expanded, and you get to see the street level and Yoda uh, riding. I forgot what it's called. I think it's Kapok is the name of his little creature. And then Mace Windu. There's a, there's a whole uh, five minute episode where Mace Windu punches super battle droids. So if that sounds like your thing, absolutely check it out. And if you've seen it and you haven't seen it in a decade or fifteen years, watch it on Disney Plus. You can watch it now. And droids. We do believe Droids is coming, the Droids animated series that uh, coincided with the Ewoks. They both, I believe, were 80s TV shows. I've never watched either of them. They were before my time, and 
And as a kid growing up, I had the the micro series of the Clone Wars that I rewatched over and over again. So that would be my highest recommendation. And it still does hold up very well. So if you're looking for some Legends TV content, that's really, this is really the only um, non-book, video game, or comic Legends material that exists because everything else has been part of canon. So check it out if you're interested in any of that. But other than that, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Star Wars Lads podcast. Thank you so much for joining us every Tuesday on podcast platforms. If you're listening to this on a Tuesday, you're listening to it on podcasts. You can listen on pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all your podcast platforms. Check us out every Tuesday afternoon on all your podcast platforms. But if you prefer to watch visually and see the graphics that we post every week that follow along with the episode so that you can see exactly what we're talking about, then you'll have to check out our YouTube every Wednesday morning. It's the Wednesday after the new episode drops. So most usually the new episode of the podcast drops around 4 or 5 p.m. on Tuesday. But Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. every Wednesday is when our YouTube uh, pops up. So if you prefer to watch it that way, watch it on YouTube on Wednesday. If you prefer to listen to it, you're listening to it on Tuesday, hopefully. But uh, please like, comment, subscribe to our channel on YouTube, share our podcast in video form or audio form, whichever you prefer with anybody you think might like it. We're really trying to expand. So if you have Star Wars fans that you know or people that are trying to get into Star Wars or people that are interested in just the Bad Batch, please share it. Let them know we're out there, that we're talking Star Wars every single week. If you want to keep up with the Star Wars Lads podcast, check out our Instagram at Star Wars Lads. We post news, schedule updates, memes, and more Star Wars content. So we're always on there posting stuff. Follow us. Check us out on there. If you have an idea you'd like to see on the show, send us an email. StarWarsLadsPodcast at gmail.com is our email. You can send us an email with an idea that you might have for the show. Or any constructive criticism, nice comments, anything you want to say, you can send us an email there. Or you could DM us on Instagram or comment on one of our posts. We'll see it and we'll let you know and we'll comment back. So please do that. But other than that, we hope you enjoyed our breakdown of the Bad Batch trailer. Check out some of the Vintage Collection stuff on Disney+. And next, stay tuned next week. We'll be having the High Republic Comics that we'll be talking about the new issues of the High Republic comics, as well as another topic. So have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you all next week.